what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Check a one, two. You got me? Hello. Check one, two. Hello. Hello. Hey, buddy. Are you 38 years old? Yeah, why? why? 38. Yeah. Just turned 30, 38 in December. Why? You're old. You're giving me a hard time because I'm going to see the mouse this weekend? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's fine. Everybody needs to go see the mouse. I went when I was like three and I don't remember it. So we have an opportunity to go. And you're not really a true Floridian until you go see the mouse. Or so I'm told. So I'm going to see the mouse. Why? I, it came up. Like the girl's nephews are going... All right, that it, makes more sense. Yeah, I, I was gonna be, I was beginning to wonder if it was just you and your girlfriend. Well, what if it was? I'd still go. I was, I was gonna wonder about you. I just think you're a big kid or something. Yeah, dude, ride the whole "It's a Small World." Go to Epcot Center. They've got like, they got booze pops too. You like their push-ups that have yeah. more alcohol than wine. Really? Yeah, they're fourteen dollars a pop, so I'll probably have like seven of them. Enough about my visit to the mouse. It's February eighth. Already? Yeah. Yeah. Episode number 63. 34 days till Daytona TT. 34 days till Daytona TT. Wow. Man. It's right around the corner. Before you know it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm I'm off this weekend, and then I'm booked three weekends straight with some Marina Cross, and then I'll be ready to head on down to Savannah, and then on down to Florida. Yeah. It's going to be a busy couple weeks for you. You're, You're booked all the way through. Yeah, and then even after. So it's getting ready to get nuts. I uh, guess I better start packing my bags and get everything in order. Yeah, I think we talked about last week, and we were wondering if it was the first time that that, uh, that setup has ever been raced on for, for flat track. Did you do some research? Talk to your boy, oh, Bert? I, I did get a hold of Bert Sumner, and okay. we talked about it back and forth. But we decided, uh, after a lot of deliberation, oh, yeah? that we have gone from sand to pavement back when daytona first started before the daytona super speedway was built they raced down the beach and then turned and came right back down a1a so that's how nascar started but that's also the bikes used to race there too i was gonna say just like those cars used to exactly so the bikes have done it i'm not sure if that was considered a grand national back then but it has been done before and then also to follow up too there has been a grand national on concrete and that was at the indoor cow palace in uh, san francisco and Chris Carr actually won that. I believe that was KTM's first ever Grand National victory. That was all on concrete, though, that one. Yes, okay. an indoor concrete uh, Grand National. I didn't even know that happened. That's crazy. And, and just, this oh. might be a stupid question, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it because whatever. Do it. Do it. Sand and dirt. Are they cons- both considered dirt? Hmm. I don't know. I I, I would say they're all part of the earth, but I don't know if yeah. they can be considered dirt because sand is sand and dirt is dirt. Right. So. There's no sand on any other tracks that, that we race on, right? There's Sometimes there's a sandy mix at some yeah. of the uh, horse tracks, you know, because the horses need that on their hoofs and their feet and stuff like that. But gotcha. I don't think we ever raced on sand before, so maybe way back in the day like we we're talking about. Um, but I don't think there's going to be any sand at the Daytona TT. I always said this when they were racing a NASCAR. Logistically, it'll probably never happen. But, like, that's how it started on the beach. Just send them right back to the damn beach and put a race out there. It'd probably be a little bit easier to do with a motorcycle race. But still, how badass would that be? The bikes would be freaking cool. It would. I think that'd be awesome. Nobody wants that stuff near the ocean, though, I'm sure. But it would be a badass event. But the Super Hooligan Series has the Moto Uh Beach Classic. There you go. We're going to go to the one in Daytona. I'm telling you. I'm not asking you. You're going to be there. I got all right, I gotta go. I want to go to both of them. Actually, I want to announce that whole series, like I said last week. So well, I'm gonna try to go to all of them. But I don't care. But see. you're gonna be in Daytona. If I gotta pay for your plane ticket down, you're gonna go to Daytona. And we're gonna go take in that Daytona one. I'm telling you. Okay, that sounds good. Have you seen Put, some of these? Have you seen some of these bikes, like Jordan Graham's bike? Oh my god, dude. That and there was a number three X. I'm not sure who built that one. But yeah. That's a Harley Davidson XG 750, and it looks like a full blown motocross bike. They're badass, man. They are some sexy ass bikes that they're going to be racing this year. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be I following guess, that series. I think closer than I ever have. So I'm pretty stoked on this season. Some of that stuff gets started this weekend at the yeah. One Moto Show and the One Moto Race out there in Portland. 
and uh, that's going to be a good event again this weekend. Yeah, I don't know. Is it, is it the 10 year? I think it's the 10 year anniversary this year for the One Moto Show. I can double check that, but I believe it's okay. the 10 year this year, which is that's crazy. Crazy. That's how I we actually got, got introduced to Flat Track. By the way, I don't know if you. We still we still need to put that on our bucket list. I've been there. Our bucket, our, our, you haven't been to the One Moto Show. Come on, really? That's how I got without me. No, without me, dude. That's how I got turned on to Flat Track. You don't Why know you this story. Me? I told I you this story. Give me a hard time. Uh, it is it is the 10 year anniversary i just confirmed um so yeah no it's it's badass like the 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 one motor the one motorcycle show is badass in itself but then they put on a, a day of flat track racing the next day and you know sammy how all the west coast folks but uh, folks from the pacific northwest which is like sammy halbert Travis fisher no i'm sorry so yeah andy debrino yep Dude, there's a lot of guys, and I'm sure some of those California guys are gonna come up too. And because it's in Oregon, so it's it's not all the way up to Washington, but you know everybody shows up. There's nothing else to do, and I'm pretty sure it's just a good time, and it probably pays pretty good too. Yeah, and I don't think that the hooligans have had a official race there until this year, right? Is this the first time they've raced up there? I'm not real sure. I I really honestly don't know. Yeah. Well, either way, it kicks off their season, their 2019 season up there this weekend in uh, in Portland, Oregon. So that'll be badass to, to see. And I think it's going to be broadcast on Fan Choice, last I saw. So yep, Absolutely. I saw Zach was already up there from yep. uh, from AFT, as, and Giselle was on the way up there, too. And she'll be doing doing it live on Fan Choice. I'm not sure who's announcing. They didn't ask me to go. So uh, I get one more weekend off and then get ready to get busy. You need You need the time to rest anyway. I guess. So are you saying I'm getting old? Or what, you, are, you, what are you trying to say? You're about? not getting old. <laughs> I am old. There you go. You got this. What uh, so, uh, what else happened in the world of a uh, wonderful world of flat track this week? Well, last weekend, yeah, I did the ice race, and that was my first time to ever work for the ice world championship uh, series, and it was a lot of fun. Nice. Jeremy Orr was undefeated. He won his heat races and uh, won the limbo contest, and then won the main event with a hard fought battle with my good friend Jake Mattia, who had uh, pretty pretty serious knee surgery uh, yesterday, and uh, hopefully he's recovering well, and he's going to try to be back for their last race, which is March thirtieth. I think I saw a video. Did he break his own record doing that limbo? Yeah, Jeremy Orr did break his own record. It was 32 inches, and he got it down to 30 inches. But the, the trick is, Carter, you have to slide underneath there, but then you have to ride away. So you can't just crash. You can't just lay it down and slide. You have to ride away. Because if you think about it, too, his handlebars are at least that wide. Yeah. So he had to go through there with his handlebars at crossed. At an angle, yeah. At an angle, lay it down, and then go underneath there without knocking off the bar. And he set his personal best at 30 inches. Uh, that's crazy. That's yeah. insane. It was a lot of fun. Hope to work for them again. I'm trying to figure out if I can do their last race of the season with them or not, and uh, we'll have to see. And then uh, on the on the uh, AFT side, I saw some da- news from Day and Easy. What are the contingency yeah, Day and stuff? Easy. Yeah, they actually came out with a discounted program at the uh, banquet there at the Meadowlands, and yep. now they're putting up a contingency. So any rider on the AFT uh, circuit, if they're in any of the three classes, there's contingency money up for grabs. Uh, it's great to see you know people investing in the sport, especially from the safety side, and to see them you know pay, give them some rider rider some money as well. It's always a good thing. And they partnered with what Estenson? Yeah, Estenson's going to have some uh, some backing from Dane Easy. So that means JD Beach and the whole crew. There's a bunch of riders that are riding for uh, Estenson Racing, and I don't know if it's just JD's going to be uh, wearing it or the whole team. I, I have to read that press release a bit better. Maybe we should start reading press releases before we hop on a mic and start talking about things like we know about what's going on, like we know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I just I just tell you what I know. We just we just try to have fun with it. Um. So you want to talk about this week's guest? You have a guest for us. I always have a guest, except that one Not time. Not always. Just that one time. One I never time. went to we let had, it down. We had fun that episode still, but uh, but yeah, no. Uh, I've actually wanted to talk to this guy for a while. I actually talked to him. I think it was New York. Um, last year right. and kind of said, right. hey, man, we want to get you on for an episode. And then uh, just a couple of weeks ago, that news happened with the uh, Waters Auto Body team. And I said, hey, dude, it was Tristan Avery. So I gave him gave him a shout right. and said, hey, dude, we should, you want to talk to us about what's going on in like 2019 season? And he was 100% on board. So that's our guest. Right. I like it. I love it. He's actually been around for a little while. He's uh, had a, a couple of wild crashes, had a lot of a lot of diversity in his life, and uh, I, I'd love to tell his story. Diversity or adversity? Adversity, man. I went to Oklahoma schools. Now, come on. <laughs> well, let's give him a call. Let's hear from Tristan Avery. Do it. Dial it up. I'm dialing. Hello. I was looking for number 16. Is this Tristan Avery? 
Yeah, I believe so. Virginia is about the only racer left, so yeah. Yeah, that no kidding. You are about the only only guy that with the Virginia number I have in my in my phone, man. Uh, what's been going on? Haven't seen you since the last race out there in New Jersey. Yeah, it's uh, been quite an off season. Um, started up some stuff here at home and uh, definitely rebuilding rebuilding motors after that race. Um, so definitely the bikes have been down there getting built. Um, but I'm gonna need to use them for this year. Besides outlaw races, if it's needed. Yeah, we'll talk about the big news here in a little bit, but first let's dive in. Let's get to know Tristan Avery. So where were you born? Chesterfield, Virginia, born and raised. Still living. What's it like What's it like growing up out there? I guess normal, I guess. I haven't really lived anywhere else. So, um, I mean, it's kind of broadcast weather with snow one day, and then next week it will be 80 degrees. And actually what it's supposed to be here tomorrow. Wow. So is it like in the country? Are you in a city or, or what, you know, what's around you? Closest town's about 15 minutes away. Um, but other than that, it's kind of in this country. A um, couple houses around, but the roads are nothing like uh, Ohio or anything like that. It's pretty much all windy and left and right. So kind of gives me a little bit of fun. All right. So how'd you get, how'd you get into motorcycles? Um, actually my uncle, um, my dad never really fooled with him that much growing up as a kid. Um, but my uncle always rode dirt bikes and they never really could race because it was five kids growing up. So it was kind of hard to afford it, but they always messed around with bikes. My grandpa owned a bike shop and four wheelers and uh, lawnmowers and tractors and stuff that he fixed up. And my brother got into it and then I just kind of got rushed into it, and it's been a part of my life ever since. So has it always been flat track, or did you try anything else? Um, I never tried anything else, but my older brother did try motocross and did a little bit of road racing as I got older and liked it, had fun with it, but could never give up my first love, so I had to come back. Okay. So what's, what's Hayden been doing? I haven't seen him for a little while. Um, he's, he's just been working here with my dad, uh, irrigation business. And he's, he's actually went to one race this past year. Um, Williams Grove, he was there and, uh, that was actually his birthday that day. So it was kind of cool to have him at the track. Um, this year coming to mind, uh, I'd like to have him at a couple of races depending on what we're able to work out. Um, but He's he's my brother, and I gotta I gotta take him everywhere I go because I know he's enjoying it just as much as I do. Right on. Does does he still ride? Do you get to spend time with him and ride with him at all? Um, I'm pretty sure at this point he's kind of retired and hung up the boots for just about the whole lifetime experience. Um, but uh, he's he's rode a little bit um, here and there, uh, but nothing really this off season. Um, I've been trying to get him, but. It's kind of like beating a dead horse. You never get it up. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Are there any other riders from around there that you used to look up to? Mike Hacker um, is definitely one in the record books that I can all I can almost consider as a brother now, but in my younger days, more of a second dad. Um, Hacker kind of picked me up when I was a little kid and started teaching me stuff, and then. Rad Academy started up and going to school there and learning how to ride better and become a better racer. And then once I got to where I was pro, I became an instructor at the school. And other than that, there's Tim Eads, uh, Mike Eads, I definitely look up to. Um, he's definitely an old timer for sure, but he's, uh, he, he's definitely not retired because he still gets out and uh, rides at short tracks here and there on the off season. Are you still doing the Ride Academy? I'm still part of it, but we're trying to work out some schools um, for, for next year and beyond and trying just to find a steady routine. Um, it's kind of hard to get six pro racers together in one weekend and be able to do something. So all of our different schedules just don't add up a lot of the times. So. 
we try to work as many as we can. I got you. So, uh, what are your favorite types of tracks? I mean, do you like short tracks, half miles? Do you like cushion? Do you like groove? Um, cushion, I'm I'm okay with. Uh, I like it. I have fun with it for sure. Um, but I mean, I I got to favor more towards the TTs and the miles. Um, this this past year, Peoria did pretty good. Um, came from a terrible start to uh, I think it was seventh, um, and I was chasing down riders in front of me. Actually, caught up to Dan Bromley within the last lap, and uh, wasn't able to make it by him. But I was definitely having fun on TTs, and I'm I'm pretty psyched for Daytona, even even though it's got some asphalt in it. Yeah, I saw you actually practicing on some asphalt on your on your 450. So, I mean, what's what what do you think is going to be like going from dirt onto asphalt and then back into dirt at Daytona? Um, I I mean, I I would definitely prefer them to kind of have more favor to us singles riders to actually have an option to run fives rears and five fronts to flip in the motor. For uh, supermoto tires, um, I think that would be an ideal way to go with an asphalt front straightaway with a curved left the whole time. So I think that'd be pretty interesting to see all of us on supermoto tires. But I know that probably won't happen. But I think it's definitely new. Um, but I'm excited for it and to see see what exactly happens and how the track forms out to be like that yeah i'm excited for it too i can't wait to see it in person i know we've seen it from up above seen the you know the the drawings of it and stuff like that i can't wait to get back down there um let's talk about your early days in racing so what district did you race as an amateur um i kind of raced and mainly grew up in district six and seven um kind of up north area um, I'm not really sure what you would call North Carolina and South Carolina districts, um, but I did a lot of racing down there too, and it died out down there for a couple of years, and we decided just to stay up north and went out west in Ohio and Illinois for Grand Nationals, and I think pretty much we went to Florida every single year growing up, and same thing for Illinois, whether it was in Decoin or Springfield. Um, but man, I kind of grew up everywhere until I went pro and then went out West to California and stuff. Okay. So who's, who's some of the fast guys that, that grew up that you were looking up to in your district? Um, I think, uh, me and Gautier probably had the biggest, I wouldn't say grudge match, but maybe never really kind of had a hate or friendly relationship with each other growing up but once once that both of us became older um we just kind of mellowed out and i think i think now we've become kind of good friends um uh, other than that i'd have to say probably either cameron smith or brandon price um brandon was a year younger than me um and he was always still in my class um but i mean that's, those are three riders that I grew up with and still are racing with today. And I mean, they're, they're guys that I can trust when I'm racing with them. And there's other times where I just kind of, kind of take a double take to see what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. There's some fast guys. That's for sure. So let's talk about this uh, wicked ride. You went for at the Springfield. Let's see. I guess that'd be the dirt track grand championships back then, but it was at the Springfield half mile in 2014, you crashed on the back straightaway and I was on the front straightaway announcing and, I'm pretty sure I saw your body and your motorcycle. It was higher than the pit area. I mean, I was ground level, and I saw you going flying. So walk us through what happened. Um, well, obviously, I don't remember that that point in time. Um, the last thing that I remembered was uh, waking up in the hospital um, and actually didn't really get any sense of knowledge of my brain waking up until then. I was already in Virginia at that point in the hospital here. Last thing I remembered was talking to Mike Hacker and my brother and my dad 
up under the tent, and we were talking race strategy before the main event. So I woke up thinking that, and next thing I, I know, I look at my brother and go, we got to get to the racetrack. I got to go out for the main event. Wow. Like, I, I had no idea. And next thing I know, I look down, and I'm going to cast all the way up to my elbow, actually all the way up to my shoulder, and uh, in a TLSO brace. And at that point, I just kind of looked at my brother and went, what the hell happened? So, but he, he actually just looked at me and said, race is over, dude. They already <laughs> went. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So how, how did that incident change you? Um, I, I want to say it just kind of brought more, more determination out in, out in myself physically and mentally, um, to where no matter what happens, give it your all and what happens happens. Um, obviously everything happens for a reason. Um, but I mean, it, it motivated me to a whole nother level to where no matter what happened, I wasn't going to give up breaking five vertebrae in my back and not knowing what, what in the world happened. Um, all I know is that I'm still alive today and I just had to push for more. So that's exactly what I went for. How long was it before you got back on a motorcycle after that crash? Uh, let's see. The first thing was getting my rods and pins out. That, that's a pretty, pretty good story in itself. Um, it was actually, I think it was like two weeks after I got out of the hospital. Um, didn't get released yet to ride or anything. And went to the doctor's appointment for my arm and took x-rays and he said, rods are ready to come out. Um, do you want to do it now or come back in a week and we can give you some pain meds? And get them on out and I'm in medicine so that way I didn't feel it and I was like well why can't we do it now well it'll take a little bit for the medicine to kick in so it's either that or no meds well, let's just do it now so my dad handed me a thing of a uh, cotton wrap or whatever and I took the wrapping off and put it in my mouth and then the doctor came in there, and I bit down on it, and he pulled a pair of uh, low-light craftsman vice grip pliers that you pull out of your toolbox, and he <laughs> pulled them out and cranked down on it, and uh, said, all right, let's do it. So I bit down on it real hard, and uh, kind of just, I can't remember if I closed my eyes or looked away. Um, obviously, I wasn't going to watch him pull something out of my bone. Um but got one out, and then the second one, and actually the second one, he uh, pulled it halfway out, and I thought it was all the way out, and he said, hold on, and uh, I looked down, and it was halfway out of my arm, and he yanked it one last time, and then there was one more left, and I couldn't hold my arm down anymore, and my dad had to hold it down for me, but that was that was a gruesome gruesome time, but uh, got it off and actually put me in a waterproof cast. And I came home that night, and me and my dad always had a rule with my brother when we were growing up. Whoever was the last one to the dinner table had to wash dishes. So my brother doesn't really eat dinner. He doesn't eat dinner at home that much anymore. And so I washed dishes that night with... Uh, an open wound, open bone wound, and uh, I didn't really feel it at all. It just kind of tickled. Um, wow. But uh, I got my brace off of uh, around my chest and my back in four months after the accident, and then I got cleared to ride. Well, actually, cleared to do road cycling um, with a helmet on, obviously. <laughs> but uh, I got cleared to do that. Um, and I started doing that, and then a couple weeks later, I got cleared to ride, and that was five months marking to the day, and wow. as soon as I got home, I hopped right on my motorcycle, my little pit bike, and rode around. I didn't really get too serious, um, but I, I was I was just so happy to be able to play around on it again. And from that point on, it was train for Daytona for my first pro national race. 
Wow. That's crazy. Did you get to keep the hardware that he pulled out of your bones? Do you still have it? Oh, yeah. I still got him a little bottle. I got the braces and everything else. So that's all in the living room of my house. Wow. That's pretty cool stuff, man. I know. I just know after you got hurt, you know, I think I even had a 4C Get Well Tristan sticker on my microphone for the rest of that season, and, and we were all pulling for you. So let's talk about your 2015, your, your pro season. You ran a Kawasaki on the Twins. I think that's when we were running Twins and singles. Kind of a little confusing for a lot of people that don't know what. But you got your first pro win at the DeCoin Mile. Walk us through that day. Um, showing up there, I kind of, it was actually, we just got the bike back from the motor builder, and it was the first race with the bike. Um, we did a couple heat cycles out in the parking lot the night before. And uh, Packer was there. He traveled with us, but he was working with Harley and Brad Baker then and we showed up and I was really nervous for some for some odd reason I was so nervous that day more than I ever have been before and all I can remember was before I went out I was I was shaking so much that my uh my right foot that I hurt the weekend before at Lima um that I I couldn't feel my foot at all so I was and I told my brother about it, and he was like, dude, just calm down. So calm down enough to be able to go out for qualifying and fast qualified. It was my first ever fast qualify, and I was beyond. I was on a total another plane at that point, and uh, I was so excited and went out for the heat race and got a good start, but lead slipped away, and I ended up getting third, and main event time came around, and I just had to tell myself to calm down and went out there and got a horrible start, um, which is normally how my starts go, but uh, looking to change that. And uh, got an all right start, um, was way back, and kind of just took my time, worked my way up. And once I was able to draft past Fisher for the first time in that race, um, I think it was like on the fifth or sixth lap, and uh, – I was at that point. I knew that I I could win it with with what I had, um, and I knew the bike was fast enough. So um, went into turn one on I think it was just the start of the seventh lap, and just about threw it away. I think we all uh, all remember that one. I think you mm-hmm. do. Yeah, that was crazy. And uh, yeah, there's I, I actually didn't really know that my knee was just about to touch the ground so that was it didn't really feel like i was that low but um just at that point in time my 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 rat academy instincts looped in my head real quick and i grabbed a handful of rear rear brake a foot full um and just kind of got on the gas just a little bit and stood it right on up and I was able to collect myself and charge back to the front and was able to take away the win. That was amazing. I, I don't know how you didn't crash for one, and then you came back and won it. So, And that was your first win. It was pretty damn impressive, if, if I must say. So uh, you finished third in the points in the 2016 season in the GNC2 class. You had two wins, and I know you had some help with Ron Ayers Motorsports on the Hondas, and you also rode a Kawasaki Twin, but you won the Sacramento Mile and Oklahoma City Mile. Um, so that means that's three mile wins already. So how did you get so good on the miles? Um, I think probably the first mile that, uh, that I ran that year in 15 was, uh, Springfield. And that was my first time on the twin. Um, never rode the twin before anywhere. I think we ran at a short track the weekend before just to see what it was like. And obviously that wasn't a really good experience. Um, but went out there and from immediate, when we started that day, um, the first time out in practice, I just had a horrible head shake the whole entire day and we did everything we could to try to fix it. Um, I did everything I could. At one point I had my ass end, um, actually on top of behind the seat on top of the fender. Like I was over the seat and trying to get as low as I could, and that was the only way that it could work um, to where I didn't really get a head shake. And 
we came home and called uh, called Fenneman and said, well, what can we do for a longer seat? And Tom got us a seat that was two inches longer, and uh, we actually took the the fairing for the rear end and went up underneath and made it just a little bit longer and didn't really mess with the subframe. And that just kind of fixed everything. And from that point, I just kind of told myself to always stay low. And I guess that's helped me a lot along the way. Um, but just staying smart um, on the miles. I mean, it's not only a physical game, but it's also a mind game. We're obviously not running 25 laps, but, I mean, we, we still got to conserve our tires, especially on a privateer budget. Um but staying low, playing the mind game, and just kind of not really rushing things, but also knowing that you don't have to push it to get the lead on the first lap. Because a lot of times, the guy to be the first one, unlike Shana Texter, um, but the first one to lead the first lap usually isn't the one to win the race. So it's just normally how it goes. It's happened before, but nine times out of ten, it's someone else that's coming from the back and you're able to get a draft pass to the finish line i got you well whatever you're doing it's it's definitely working so keep it up well, let's talk about the end of 2016 it ended ended rough for a lot of people but probably rougher for you than a lot of people realize uh you actually were dating charlotte canes and and you lost your best friend uh kyle mcgrain at the last race of the season so how do you move on from that tristan um, it was it was a really hard winter that year, um, the whole entire off season itself. Um and even getting back into Daytona it was it was still a hard hard day and hard hard time to process that whole entire year in seventeen. From the very start all the way up to Arizona, that was when I kinda got back in my groove to being up front. Um just having that stuck in the back of my head, um was just not not only aggravating but frustrating in itself that that could happen to any one of us that race a motorcycle as fast and as hard as we do at the level that we're at. Um, Charlotte was my girlfriend, and um, losing her was uh, was heartbreaking. Um, never never really thought that uh, something like that would happen, but. I know, I know that's not the way that she wanted to go out, um, but it's it's a part of it, and um, I guess I guess God needed her before uh, before anyone else did. So losing losing my buddy Kyle was uh, was a, a totally different world. I mean, it's someone that I always grew up with and never never were blood relation or anything like that or marriage or anything, no relation at all. And we just grew up together and became best friends when we were just four or five years old. And then we, the next thing you know, we're, we're racing at a pro level and we're, we're trying to plan it out to where me and him can travel the pro circuit together throughout the year and live in our vans for the rest, for the rest of the year. So, um, but I mean, it was it was a brotherhood between me and him, and losing him was was like uh, kind of losing one of your arms, kind of something you can't work without. But you got to learn to have a new okay. And I mean, I I did everything I could to support him. Um, and my my tattoo was the was the first tattoo that I got with him. Um, I figured to get it on my right forearm. Um, actually the day that I did it, I didn't know that I didn't know to get it on my left or my right. And I just knew that I wanted it on my forearm. And I looked at my left arm and said, no, I don't like it on that side and put it on my right because he was my right hand man and he always will be. So he's, he's a brother that can never be replaced. And hats off to you for pulling through that when that had been a, a tough tough day for sure and a tough off season. You mentioned the tattoo and, and we actually showed that tattoo on my first ever pit walk was at Phoenix that the next year and 
we sh- we showed your you showed us your tattoo during that pit walk and I've I'm no, I'll never forget it. You know, these past two se- seasons you've been up and down. You've showed a lot of speed, but you just haven't had the finishes. Uh, so let's move on to 2018. Uh, you had a third place finish at Minnesota. Was that the highlight of your year? Um, yeah, I'd say it was. I'd say that was probably the 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 beauty of the moments of that year. Um, I think that was probably one of one of the races that kind of showed my my most determination that I possibly could have gained over the years. Um, whereas that I I never gave up and I steadily pushed and pushed every single lap and. Not only that, but I was trying to rail the corners, play the mind game, and kind of do kind of do everything. Um, but I mean, I, I did everything I could and managed to chase down Wells, and I'm pretty sure that was probably who was in third. I want to say, and uh, chased him down and got by him. And next thing I know, um, one one lap to go, and I can almost taste. Um, Colby Carlisle and uh, Dan Bromley's draft coming down the back straight away and at that point all I did was just wish there was one more lap or two more laps and knowing that that I could have had it was uh, was kind of made me mad but I was I was happy with the podium um, but to better yet the results of that year that was actually the most top 10 that I've had in my whole pro career. So more consistent in 2018. You also rode the production twins class at Springfield and you podium both days. So again, the mile seems to be your strong suit. Yeah, I, I think, I think it is at this point. Um, I kind of don't want to agree with you though, because I, I, I don't really like to be considered, um, the rider for just, for just mile tracks. Um, not taking anything away from Brian Smith, but I mean, I, I kind of want to be on good. I kind of want to be good on every track that I go to. Um, I want to be obviously the number one guy, but I want to be up front at every single track and riding TTs this whole off season, motocross and bicycling, going to the gym every night, um, staying, staying in tip top shape is, is what it takes. And, I'm, I'm more than ready for this year and ready for it to be one of one of the best. So that's what we're looking for. All right. I love it. Let's talk about 2019. Just a few weeks ago, some big news came out, and you get to ride for the Waters Auto Body team. So how did the conversation start? When did you start talking to Dave and Rhonda about riding the KTMs for them? Um, it actually kind of started early. Um, Dave sent me a message on Facebook a couple weeks after uh, the final of the year at New Jersey, and I was at that point I was set on doing a private, another private tier year for 2019. I didn't have any offers yet. Um, everyone was signing with Ascension, was re-signing riders and signing new riders, and Roost Systems was signing new riders. So at that point I was I was kind of like, oh, well, I guess no one no one wanted me and. Yes, I just got to do another privateer year, and uh, Dave hit me up, and from that point on, uh, a light was very far up under the tunnel, but I could see somewhat of a light, and I steadily talked it out with him, and we stayed on day-to-day talks, and now now here we are with a full-time ride, um, and couldn't be any more happier, but I mean, I was I was on the radar early on in the off season, and it just kind of got picked up from there. And I think I think this year is going to be a really good year. That's awesome, man! Congratulations on that ride, and I know you deserve it. And I know they've been looking for a good rider for you know a full time rider. And what's it been like working for him so far? Have you have you got to ride those bikes? I know Dave and Rhonda are excited, but have you ridden a KTM yet? Um, I'm, I'm definitely excited to get on one, but it, it hasn't yet happened yet. Um, actually, uh, when it first, when the, when the offer first came around, the first person that I went to talk to was now my girlfriend, Jalen. Um, and the first thing she said was that I look good in orange. So, 
Um, <laughs> then, then I immediately asked her, well, what's wrong with red? And no, nothing's wrong with it. But I mean, I, I grew up racing Hondas all my life. So it's, it's kind of weird jumping to a different brand. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a new opportunity and knowing that they're putting out the same amount, maybe a little bit more than Hondas. Have you, uh, what are your thoughts on having a teammate? I mean, do you, do you get along with Morgan Mishler or you, have you communicated with him at all? Uh, yeah, me and Morgan communicate a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to having a teammate just, just cause it's, um, good to have someone bounce off, bounce ideas off of and learn, not only learn to work with, but be able to have open conversations before and after the race, like. Well, what was going on with you? How do you think you felt? Um, obviously, it's always good to have another set of eyes that are with you when you're out on the racetrack instead of a mechanic or Dave or Rhonda watching from the stands or right there at Tech or something like that. I mean, it's, it's a total different feeling when you're out there on the track and you're soaking everything up yourself riding the bike. That's cool. So is it like a ride where you can just show up at the races or are you going to travel with them or do you, have you guys worked that out yet? Um, I'm pretty sure uh, Daytona and Atlanta were um, looking to travel separate. Um, obviously, we're, we're going to do testing before Daytona. Um, so we're trying to see how that all works out. Um, as far as the rest of the year goes, um, I'm, I'm still kind of contemplating on buying a lot of plane tickets or uh having to buy a lot of gas so either either way works um i mean i'm still trying to figure out uh how exactly i gotta be able to pay things on my end i know what i have to pay um but being able to get the money to do it a different story when there's not daytona coming around yet so that's cool. So I also heard it's the Stacy Howell State Farm 2019 KTM SXF 450. Man, are you gonna have to say that after every time you win? I don't know, but if I do, that's a big ass tongue twister. <laughs> I think I need to practice it. That's what I was thinking. It's pretty cool uh, that they bought an extra bike. Wait, and, and say that again. It. You want me to say it again? I mean, you want me to practice <laughs> yeah. it? Stacy Howell Stacey State Howell. Farm 2019 KTM SXF 450. You man, we're both gonna have to practice. SXF KTM 450. Yeah, yeah, we got this. As long as I can remember that part, I think I think I can make it. Right on. So, are you just going to be riding the, the 450, or are you going to run any of the production twins at all this year? Um, I think the only two that we kind of had our eyes on, um, before I officially signed was uh, was just the two Springfields. Um, I was fully understandable about not having to race singles and twins at a half mile or a mile um, all in one day because, I mean, obviously that's a lot on us riders, um, but it's also a lot on the mechanics to be able to work on both bikes and not mix up the two. So I, mean, I think if we uh, went out with the same air pressure that we ran on the 450, that we ran on the twin, would uh, would kind of mess us riders up on the track. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to stay focused on one bike at a time. I like that. So, um, let's talk about what you do when you're not racing. I've been, you know, keeping up with you on Snapchat and, and you've taken up a new profession and, and I, I would say hobby, but it's actually your full-time job. Uh, tell us about your welding. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, uh, we started this off season was, uh, was actually not, I'm not even done with, uh, I'll be done with my full certificate in welding and have my full license and completion and everything like that um, after this semester that ends in April. Um, after that, I'll I'll have my card to be able to go wherever I want to go and go to, go to a company that welds and say I want to be hired as a welder, show them a paper, take a test, and I'm hired. So this, this off-season, I, I knew that I had to find some kind of money to be able to go race the next year and to be able to live on on my own dime this off season because I didn't make as much as I wanted to make um, this past year in 18. So 
I, I went to four or five different places, five different companies all in two days. And I think the first, the first four, um, said, no, we can't, we can't hire you because you don't have your paper yet. You don't have your, your, your license or anything yet. I wasn't taking no for an answer. Um, I took the plate test form and everything. And before they said they couldn't hire me, they said, well, dude, your welds are great. Um, they're passing the x-ray and everything else. And, but we can't hire you. So last route, I went to a construction company and took a plate test and he, he ended up hiring me with my license, without a license and showing him paperwork that I was in school and everything else. And I'd be done in this year of April. And that's where I've been working ever since. Um, got up enough money throughout the off season. Actually, a couple days before Christmas, I uh, got a, actually got a welding machine with a stick and TIG. And I'll, uh, I'll have family members and people else stuff that'll... Uh, pay me a little bit of money to weld some stuff up for him or fix some stuff and I'll be able to do it. And every every now and then I get a little artsy fancy and whatnot and actually fabricate some stuff up and usually I just fabricate some stuff up and give it to my girlfriend but um the past couple of weeks I've been doing some some torch cutting and stuff like that and grinding and sanding and everything and making it look kinda of cool and giving it to some family members and stuff like that just to just to let them know that they always got a welder if they need anything fixed. There you go. So that's like that's like a business card, but it's permanent so that you give it to them and they'll always know that if they need welding, get a hold of Tristan. So you're you're one of the younger riders who's gone back and forth and have ridden twins and singles and and you've done it the last couple of years. So why did you side decide to stay in the singles class and focus on that? Uh, well, they say the world always revolves around money, um, but uh, I think I think that was the most biggest thing um, was was having the money to be able to do it um, on my own my own budget as a privateer. It was it was very hard to be able to do just the last four races. Um, actually, I I signed up for four, but only did three. I didn't. I knew I had it in me to be able to do it, but I me to go out to California for that last race and race the twin i i had to make the main event um just to be able to break even so that was that was that was a big risk on my part that i didn't really feel comfortable with taking um but i mean now now looking back on it i kind of missed out but i mean it's it's a, a money game um it's it's not all all talent and looks that get you far it's it's putting in the work and putting in the time to be able to get yourself noticed and put your name out there and we did everything we could those last three races um just to make the main event to be able to get earn my national number and maybe have thoughts on doing that for next year um but after thinking things through and not getting the twins offer it just kind of made made me realize that hey maybe it's too soon i got 28 years up under me to race singles move up the twins in the future um that's that's another step but this year we're we're focusing on on winning races and going for the number one plate what are your thoughts on the new production twins class do you think that's it's a good move on aft's part um i think it's a good move um just to be able to give the riders that haven't yet got to fully experience a twin um obviously riding on a mile is crazy fast i mean your first time out there you're gonna be holy shit that's pretty cool either either you're gonna come in from the pits scared or you're gonna come in with a big ass smile on your face because you're going what 50 mile an hour faster so i mean it's, it's a different world um but racing racing them on a mile to a half mile is to two totally different things um I know I, I actually haven't yet looked at it yet, but are they even racing the ETTs on them this year? No, just uh, half miles and miles for the production twins class. I, I mean, I think it's a good move overall. 
Um, but then then you got to look at the AST guys and ask them, are they able to be able to work a full full day, not just two classes, but three classes now to where they got to fit that into the time schedules and to be able to have, if they want, and they're able to, to have three races on live TV. Exactly. So I, yep, think, I think that's something that they need to look into. I got you. Well, we're at the part of the podcast where it's time for Graham's question, and she's been watching you ever since she was, you know, ever since you were an amateur rider, a little bitty guy, and she's she wants to know, she said, you worked with Mike Hacker. First off, how did you guys hook up, and what's the best advice he's ever given you over the years? Uh, can I ask who asked that question? That's my grandma, and that's so that's Graham's oh, question. Oh, Graham. I thought yeah. you said Instagram. No, oh, this is this is Graham's question. Well, you know, if uh-huh. I have her on my speed, if I have her on my speed dial, if I push one and she answers, that's Instagram. But it, this is just Graham's question. <laughs> I'd say it was probably. Let's see. I would have been probably four or five. So I think it would have been probably. 2003 or 2004 was kind of when Hacker first kind of noticed me and my older brother at the racetracks. Um, actually, one of the last ones here that had races put on um, in Virginia. Um, I'd say the best advice after all the years of shit talk from him and <laughs> bullshit. So, I mean, we, I mean, we all, we all have serious conversations, but at the end of the day, we all like to have fun and goof off. So I think there was, there's been times where me and Hacker have kind of, he's been mad at me because I did something wrong, but I knew it was wrong to begin with, but still wanted to do it because I was young and dumb. (laughs) But, uh, I think the best advice was to never give up. Um, obviously to look, look more ahead, even when times are rough or even looking ahead in the point where, I mean, Hacker was 17 when he moved to New York um, to ride pro for Laroni's Harley-Davidson. And that's that's one thing that I always looked up to when I was when I was young, and he was always telling me about that and telling me how he grew up and how he went racing and how he lived on the road. Um, obviously, life was a whole lot different back then for those type of people um, and the racers back then. But... Yeah, Hacker's always been one that I looked up to and always wanted to not only be like, but to be able to achieve the same and hope for more. Um, was always look ahead with him that no matter if it's the first lap of practice, you got to be able to have in your mind, is this problem or is this going to be like the main event? Um most of the time it's not, but it's always look ahead, always always be on your toes and always think of what's going to be next and always prepare yourself was was always a big key part of my Alright, sounds good I also heard from a little birdie that you're kind of a grandma, grandma's boy too, so uh, that's just kind of what I heard somebody sent me a message <laughs> um, I've always been a grandma's boy um Grandma's always, always looked over me and my older brother since, since we were infants. Um, but uh, but one, one thing and actually, uh, I, I I got a tat another tattoo, um, an angel wing, and uh, I got it from my mom. She, uh, I've, I've thought many years about getting something, but I finally did it this off season, and she, uh, I know she's my guardian angel and. When she passed away when I was really young, it was it was kind of left up to my grandma to give a, give me the bottle and make sure I was taken care of, and that's pretty much how we were raised. Was uh, was always always look after grandma, and I always do my best to make it to church Sunday morning when when I'm home. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. I'm I, I know a lot of stuff about you, and I didn't know when that happened or anything like that, but uh, it's it, you know talking about some of the toughest things that you've had to overcome and you've, you've had to overcome that as a child. And then again, you know, like we talked about earlier with Charlotte and, and Kyle. So you're one tough hombre, man. I gotta, I gotta tell you that. Thanks. Scott. I appreciate it, man.
All right, we're at the end of the episode right now. It's time for our rapid-fire questions. So you tell me the first thing that comes to mind when I ask the question. Are you ready? Yes, sir. What's your favorite bike you've ever ridden? Honda. Okay. More specific, your 450? Um, I'd have to say my 2018. Okay. All right. What's your favorite racetrack and why? Start. Okay. Yes, electric start. I love it. I love yeah. it. What's your favorite track um, and why? Sacramento Mile. Why is that? Because you can just kind of hold it pinned and bury down the brake, rear brakes while you're riding around there. Okay. Why are you number 16? Uh, four times four is 16, right? Okay. Yeah. I wasn't you're an four- expert in math. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't either, but that sounds good. You're number four yeah. C, so that makes sense. So uh who's your who's your favorite flat tracker of all time? Uh Ricky Graham. Love it. Mine too. What's your favorite food you eat when you're on the road? Uh I'd say it's gotta be a tie between Chipotle and Panera. Okay. They both make you go faster? I wouldn't say go faster, but they they taste <laughs> different every time you eat them. But at the end of the meal, it's always good. All right, I love it. So who's an up and comer we should be keeping an eye on? Ah, shoot, that's a hard one. Um, I'd have to say Logan McGrain. Um, he's he's definitely a tough little kid. I saw that little digger he took ice racing, um, and that's. That's something gruesome that everyone wants to see, and no one, no one really knows the results of afterwards. But um, I'd have to say he's a tough kid for that. Um, but I mean, I've always known him since he's been little. So I think uh, him getting faster these past couple of years is is, is probably going to be his year here come soon. Um, I'd I'd love to see him turn pro, and uh, I wouldn't really want to battle with him because I don't want him to beat me. Right on. He uh, he actually got third last weekend at the ice race I announced in Colorado, and that was his first podium. And, and man, he acted like he just won a, a world championship. He was so excited, and I was so happy for him, and, and I got to interview him, so that's pretty cool. Um, I also got another – I got a, a message earlier today, and, and somebody told me to ask you this question, but uh, who's your favorite girlfriend in the world? Jalen North. There you go. All right. So, who's going to win the championship this year? We'll start with the uh, AFT Twins class, just because you're not racing that one. So, who's winning the AFT Twins championship? I don't want to say Jared Mees, because, I mean, I mean, we all know he's going to be a number one pick for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, who, who's going to beat him? Uh, I can't say Kenny Coolbath either, because he retired. Um, mm-hmm. I'd, have, I'd have to pull for Jake Johnson. I think right. I think it's 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 Jake's time again. Time has his his time to shine. So All right. I like being it. with a good team, I think I think he'll he'll do good. Yeah, and he's got some good teammates, like you said earlier, to bounce things off of. He's got some good teammates and uh maybe he'll uh maybe he'll do that on the Omaha. So who's gonna win the production twins championship? I don't really see who is who all is in it yet, but uh I'd have to say uh Price. I think okay. I think he's got a he's got a good hit up under him, but then again, there's another Indian. Well, Yamaha, Colby. Um, I I think it's going to be a good battle. I think it's kind of going to be like Russian roulette with uh, only two bullets and six holes. There you go. I like it. That's a good way to describe it. And so the the last one, the toughest one, that's your class. Who's going to win the AFT Singles Championship? Well, obviously me, but that's uh, yeah. It was That's what I wanted you to else. say. Yeah, it's not what you want me to say. No, that's exactly what I wanted you to say. Uh, I mean, if it wasn't, if it's not me, I mean, I got, I guess I got to pull for the other KTM rider. That's, that's Morgan, and then, All right. and then Dan Bromley. Um, Dan is obviously years older than me, but me and Dan also kind of grew up together, and I always kind of looked up to him because. Me and him both kind of relate with different types of racing. I road raced when I was younger and also flat track. And he did hair scrambles a lot and raced in the woods and did flat track. So I think 
both both different riding styles and still coming back to flat track it it kind of connects us in a different way okay i love it well that's the end of the episode now here is your chance to face to say thanks to anybody you'd like to so if you want to say thank you here's your chance i definitely gotta thank dave waters and Rhonda. they uh they definitely gave me a big a big offer and a, a definitely a big plate to fill, but I'm I'm hoping to fill it with everything I've got. Um, and obviously got to thank the Norris family, um, kind of babysitting me for a couple of days on the off season. So um, Jalen for sticking up with me. Um, Ron Airs Motorsport, the Rye Helmets, um, Angels of Dirt, Twin Air, Works Connection, Vortex, Motion Pro, Jack Kane. Uh, the whole McGrain family, Saddleman Seats and Covers, uh, NGK Leathers, Access Media, Brown Airs Motorsports again for all that they've done for for me for years. Um, I can't thank them enough. Uh, Recluse, Throttle Down, Speed Tell, um, anyone else that I forgot. Uh, I, I couldn't done it, done it without y'all. Um, getting me this far in my pro career is, is remarkable for, for me. I didn't think that all this would happen, um, but West Coast Hot Shoes, um, Mr. Stein, uh, Coordin Joys, um, TDFJ, uh, everyone. So this is this is our year to, to shine, and we're going to make it the best one yet. Cool, man. Thank you so much for your time. And one thing before I leave you, I want you to go out there and practice your starts. I will make sure to do that, Scotty. That's one thing I haven't done yet, but I'll make sure to do it for you that you reminded me. Okay. All right. So when you get on the podium, you can say, yeah, thanks for my good start. My good... <laughs> thanks my good friend, Scotty, for telling me to get a good start. There you go. Yeah, I think, I think though, just for, like, right before we start up the bikes and go green for the main event at Daytona. Yeah. Not only do I want to do a prayer with Raymond Rizzo, but if it's yep. possible... Can I get a special handshake from you? But only you give me the handshake. You, you can't give anyone else the handshake. Absolutely. Just so that way I get a good start. Okay. Sounds good. Think, it's a I deal. That's my good luck charm. That's Dude, my good luck charm right there. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. Good luck in 2019. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks, Scotty. I appreciate you. Tristan Avery, ladies and gentlemen. And that's a, that's a good story. He's been through a whole lot. He's uh, he still keeps going. He is focused. He's ready for the 2019 season. He's already uh, accomplished a lot, you know, at, at such a young age. But I think he's just getting started, and I think this year is going to be pretty big for him on that KTM. Yeah, and what's what's good for him too is he doesn't have to worry about fixing the bikes, you know, wrenching the bikes. His dad, his brother, whoever has been helping out, you know, trying to fix the bikes, get the bikes to the racetrack. Now it sounds like he just has to show up and ride. I mean, I know he'll drive to some of them. Of course, that's what all of us racers do. But now a big weight's been lifted off his shoulders. Now he just can get there and focus on winning and riding and uh, watch for him to be up front. Like I gave him a hard time about, if he gets a start, he'll be up front in almost every race. I can't wait to see what that handshake looks like. Are you going to like do some research and figure out what the hell you're going to do for a handshake? So as soon as he said that, I started thinking about when, the, when I go to the Oklahoma City Thunder Games, every player that comes out, meet somebody in the middle they all have a different handshake like unique so I've handshake gotta, i've yeah. got to come up with something we'll just go to a couple games see what they do maybe go talk to a couple of them and ask for some advice yeah i'll just go talk to russell westbrook yeah and, and stephen adams and say hey you know how do i come up with a handshake hey they'll be blown away if you just walk up to them and start talking to them they'll be like scotty dupler holy shit hollywood hollywood yeah hi my uh -huh. name is hollywood anyway right so uh what's going on for you this week you get your week off right just taking it easy this weekend and then uh getting ready for uh three weeks in a row of kicker arena cross series well rest up buddy because i got a couple good ideas leading up to daytona hopefully we could pull it off uh we got another yep. interview in the can i think for next weekend uh racing jason griffin good friend of yours so that'll be fun and right. then uh, we'll see if we can pull off these next two uh that i hope to pull off before daytona because i definitely want to talk to these two humans for sure you want to tease it right now, or just, is that all you're going to do? That's all I, gonna I don't say. want to tease it unless we know it's for sure. Yep, sounds good. All right, have man. fun going down there to see the big mouse with the big ears. Yeah, well, you have fun doing nothing. <laughs> yes. You don't get to do that often, so enjoy it. 
gonna try. We'll talk to you next hopefully week. The, ho- hopefully the weather's good. What what should those people do? Smash that like button. Yeah. Tell all your friends. Yeah. Like us on Facebook. Yep. And uh, just keep listening. Now. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right. We'll talk to you next week, buddy. Later, Carter. Peace.